recorded live in front of a feline audience, coming to you from coast to coast. It's the Fangirl Film Club. The Fangirl Film Club is a podcast created by adults and featuring adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, everybody. I'm Emily. And I'm Mia. Welcome to the Fangirl Film Club, a movie podcast where we go deep down the resume of all your fangirl faves. And let me tell you, we've seen some shit. Yes, we most certainly have. <laughs> this is our first episode. I'm so excited. Oh, boy. <laughs> you saying it out loud. I'm like, here's where we set the standard. Yes. Get excited here's for where all we... the bodily fluids. <laughs> here's where we set the standard. And we tell people straight off, we do not know what we're doing with this one yet. We have podcasted together in the past, but this is a new project where we're in it together the whole time. So this is thrilling. In it for the long haul. In it for the long haul, because there is so much garbage that has been made that we can sort through. We've um, got a great so total I figure I'm looking at how many things we have on the list. We've got about 34 yeah. movies <laughs> apart from today. so far. And <laughs> Today, in September of 2022, we have 34 of these that we can do. Um, and I think I think the nature of the, the internet is that we might just keep finding more and more, um, which is yes. so wonderful. <laughs> um, but okay, so before we get into our actual topic, I figure we should probably explain what we're doing here. Yes. For this very first episode, since like... I haven't I haven't started a podcast in four years. So this is <laughs> this is like So no pressure. Riding <laughs> no pressure. I'm just riding a rusty bicycle. Um, but so okay, we came up with this idea for this podcast because I was doing what I always do, which is watching something and falling in love with an actor, either in face, body, or performance. Sometimes all three, rarely, but sometimes. Um, and I did the thing I always do where I go to the, I, I go to IMDb and I look up everything that they've done and I see what yes. I can go and watch later. And I realize I've done this my entire life and I don't think I could possibly be the only one who's ever done this. No, you are not alone. No. <laughs> <laughs> we all go through phases where this is just like, okay, I'm going to watch every Brendan Fraser movie. I'm going to, which is just like, that's a great idea. You should do that which anyway. Is, you know, a victimless crime. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but, um, but yeah, so I talked to my, my bestie Mia and I was like, you've done this, oh. right? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> Um, and so we decided we were going to do a podcast where we go through our terrible watch histories and we talk about these movies and the reason that we decided to watch them in the first place. So we're going to do some actor discussion, some, how old were you when you realized you were bisexual because you'd watched this movie so many times <laughs> discussions, um, little things like that and, uh, play some trivia do some segments should be slightly more organized than today. I ship it. <laughs> <laughs> then four years of I ship it. And everything you're seeing today is probably you're hearing today is probably, it's going to be slightly more organized than that. We think maybe Who knows? we'll see. Um, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
But Mia, before we do our thing, I thought it was interesting that we picked this one, this particular movie, because it's it doesn't usually it doesn't fit the usual bill, I think. Okay. Because like a lot of the stuff that I've watched that is garbage is like clearly this was their first job. Okay. <laughs> this was their I first movie. <laughs> see what I'm saying? Like first yeah. movie or first like big role or whatever. And there's a little bit more like sweetness to that. <laughs> right. Where it's like we're watching people cut their teeth and start to learn what it is to be an actor, what it is to be in Hollywood. Whereas mm-hmm. this one is decidedly not not that it's not any of that um yeah but so yeah there's like a little bit of tenderness of like oh but they were probably so excited like even though this script is garbage and it's (laughs) terrible production value and has a budget of 16 dollars like you know they were so excited to do this movie and they probably told all their friends and their mom had a party like all that stuff that's not what we're talking about today um are past the days of wow this has brendan fraser from blockbuster let's go ahead and (laughs) rent this movie have a sleepover buy some candies yeah no we went we went hard for our first episode um and the the movie that we're talking about today and the are we we it's a it's a triple-edged sword because i watched this for three reasons um (laughs) The the movie is Mia. Do you want to introduce the movie? The movie I'm is. A lot. I don't want to. <laughs> okay. The movie is as we titled it in our uh, Excel sheet: "The Gay Man" or <laughs> "The Gray Man," featuring Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling as our our and Anna Darmus and Anna Darmus and Jessica Henwick and Reggae John Page. <laughs> Very hot cast. And Billy Bob Listen, Thornton. There were a, How could I forget? And Billy Very Bob Thornton. Happens. Yeah. There was there were plenty of reasons to turn this movie on. Um <laughs> but not a lot to keep it on. <laughs> Gotta be honest. <laughs> plenty of reasons to turn it off too. <laughs> but equally enough reasons to turn it off too. Um but yeah, so I figured it was actually probably appropriate because it was directed by the Russo brothers and written by Marcus and McFeely, which I did not know. And the reason that Mia is in my life is because we have all the same opinions of what the Russo brothers did to the MCU. <laughs> and and that's that's a gift that they gave us, gave me personally, is bringing me into my life for this reason. So they have themselves to thank. <laughs> I did read, I think, a post on Tumblr where people were saying, you know, the people on here who don't know how to complain and don't like complaining are not people that I want to have in my life. No. Um, this is, a, you know what, this is a good time. This is, there is an art to complaining. Um, and this is actually probably a good time for a disclaimer. Uh, if you like these movies that we <laughs> that we are talking about, there is nothing wrong with that. I have historically yeah. terrible taste. And there will be movies film. that we go over that I'm sure I'll watch again and I'll be just so hyped about that I'm like, oh my god, I remember this one. I love yes. this. That doesn't there mean There are that movies on this list that movie. I genuinely enjoy. <laughs> it does yes. not mean they're good movies. And likewise, we could shit on something that you think is a cinematic masterpiece and that's okay. <laughs> that's great. In we fact, there are probably... Won't. 
I'm certain we will, in fact. Um, but this is really where the art of complaining, and, and I believe there is a Yiddish term, kvetching, where you just, it's it's like a pleasant amount of complaining, and you don't expect to solve any problems. You're just kvetching. <laughs> That's really what we're doing here um, about these films. So, <clears throat> so heads up, if you want to send us hate, it will be ignored. <laughs> Because we might read it and make fart sounds <laughs> while we read it. That's about as far as it'll go. <laughs> so do do send us. We'll make it a segment. Actually, send us your fan yeah. hate. <laughs> <laughs> so one of us will read it. The other one will provide the fart sounds. It'll be great. But to get us started, um, should we do the recap? Should we do the recap or should we do the elevator pitch? You know what? Yeah. Why don't you give me what you think the elevator pitch was for The Gray Man 2022? Uh, but put out by Netflix, by the way. Put out by Netflix. So I had an idea. Who knows if we'll follow up on this. But do you remember <laughs> the old Saturday Night Live sketch on the weekend update where they would have Stefan come in and introduce all the new clubs? Yes. The club. <laughs> yes. So next episode, yes. I will do a much better job of this. But okay. I would love to be your step on for the next 30 seconds oh. or so. Yes, please hit me. So, Emily, the gray man has everything fights in the dark, semi high budget CGI, super sexy evil people, and most importantly, Ana de Armas in a pastel floral suit. <laughs> you know what? Sold. <laughs> Make 10. <laughs> New franchise, go. I that would have been enough. That would have been enough. I hope that's how they sold it, because if they told anybody else what happened in this movie, I don't think it should have gotten made. But that's just me. Um, that was a beautiful elevator pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should do them all like Stefan, actually. I think that's okay. that's a much better idea. And that's that is now your role. You're that's you. That's what you're doing. See guys, we're we're finding our feet as we go for this episode. So be patient. <laughs> Um, all right. Now is it is it recap time? It's recap time. I don't have a timer though. Do you want okay. a timer or do you want to just I do want a timer. No, I want I, I need the you saw what happened when I did the Lord of the Rings. It was like forty eight <laughs> minutes. <laughs> okay. Let me grab my phone, I'll get you a timer. <laughs> all right. <laughs> How long do you want? Uh, sixty seconds. I think I could, I could probably do it in sixty. Let's be real. Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. I'm a little nervous though because I I don't know if I remember everything, but that's fine. It's it's okay. I don't think there's too much um, to remember in these two hours. Not a lot to remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell me when, and I will go. Ready, set, go. All right, so Billy Bob Thornton goes to jail to pick up a not young enough looking Ryan Gosling who has some terrible name and he likes bubblegum. And he's like, hey, you're in here forever. I'm going to turn you into a CIA agent and we're going to walk out together. And he's like, cool, great. How long do I have to do this? And Billy Bob Thornton's like, that's it. So then we fast forward to like 20 years or whatever and he's all grizzled, <clears throat> Ryan Gosling. All grizzled, hard, whatever. He's on some job. They're like, kill this dude. He goes to kill this dude. They have a big fight in the smoke um, and – 
he pulls off his shiny necklace and he's like, here, take this. You're like me. I'm like you. They sent you to kill one of your own. And Ryan Gosling's like, what? The CIA that I work for has me doing awful things? What? (laughs) And so then he looks at it and he's like, oh, shit. It's like a drive inside a very fancy necklace. 15. Fast forward. 15 seconds. Fast forward. (laughs) More fights. There's a sociopath... (laughs) There's a sociopath named Lloyd Hansen, played by the worst looking Chris Evans ever, who was like, I need that drive and to kill Ryan Gosling. And so he goes after Billy Bob Thornton, who has the backbone of a chocolate eclair, immediately gives him up. And then there's a big chase all around the world. Ana de Armas shows up wearing great bangs and terrible suits. And they end up fighting in the water and on air and in planes and lots of smoke. And everybody gets killed at the end, except for Ryan Gosling and this girl who has nothing to do with the story. And they set it up for a sequel at the end. All right. You made it in 124. I think 90 seconds is a more. <laughs> I think that's that's better. Yeah. Yeah. If I have to but... make commentary on everything like I do. <laughs> I think you captured quite a bit of it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, my favorite so, part, especially, is when you're talking about where everybody's fighting. It's like, they are fighting on a train. You're fighting on a plane. Because truly, we cannot make this shit up. Truly, they are. They are. Uh, guys, listen. If you want to see a movie where they fight on literally every single major mode of transportation, this is the film for you. And not only on the, are they on Every mode of transportation, I think out of all of the fight scenes, there's a grand total of about one and three quarters that takes place in the daylight or in lighting good enough to actually see and appreciate the choreography. And it's still smoky. (laughs) Like every. okay. so here's the thing with the Russo brothers. Um, They know how to make one kind of movie and it's Captain America Civil War. Um. We thought they could make Winter Soldier, but I still firmly, firmly stand by the fact that they did not make that movie and they just put their names on somebody else's amazing work because it is not the same movie as the rest of them. Um, So they know how to make Civil War, which is what this movie was. They used the same titles. Did you notice? I didn't. Wow. They the same like (laughs) big bold. Now we're in Virginia. Now we're in Bangkok. (laughs) Now we're back in Virginia. Like, guys, you don't have to put them so it's over the entire establishing shot. We could figure it out. Like, if they're back in the CIA, like we fucking know it's Langley. Okay. Cause just just it's fine. But all of their fight scenes. are like superhero fight scenes. Yep. Like, I don't actually, I didn't think, I don't know about you, but I didn't feel like Ryan Gosling was ever actually in any danger. No. In most of what he did. I mean, even when he's getting stabbed, I mean, fair warning that we are going to go into spoilers. This is. Oh, recap. yeah. We go through the whole thing, <laughs> obviously. So even like when, uh, I mean, Halfway through the part where he's just getting shanked from top to bottom by Chris Evans. Like, I don't think that he's going to lose. I don't think that he's going to come out on the bottom. And and the thing is, like, I thought with it... Reasons that have no heterosexual connotation, no heterosexual explanation. Chris Evans might come out on the bottom. Um, But no, I mean, the thing is, like, 
I thought being from Netflix, it would be kind of more hardcore. Um, right. But they did Disney blood. Like mm. he's getting shot and shanked and drowned and everything else. And he still has like, I'm sorry, when I say Disney blood, this is like a thing that I heard on another movie podcast where it's like the blood that's on a cut or whatever looks like it pretty, has already been the next day. Yeah. yeah. Like it's like one little smear or like it's like it's already started healing. And that's about as much blood as you can do in a Disney movie. There's so, no blood spray, unfortunately. Yeah. He's like you see some like running down his arm, but he got stabbed a lot of times. And also how many people <clears throat> this is this is probably a broke like a, a world record that they broke of like the two of them, Lloyd and Six, um, walking away from how many grenades going off in their face. Yeah. And there's one scene where Six has earplugs or something to help with his ears uh -huh. with the ringing but after that he no longer has them and there are still grenades and explosions <laughs> going off and for the most the part they both, both just fine <laughs> yeah the tinnitus these two must be experiencing is is unbelievable they don't talk about the real tragedy of this film which is the hearing loss um so there was a part that I skipped in my recap because it was so unnecessary to the plot, but whatever. Um, the babysitting montage. <laughs> yes. Where like they literally halt the action of the entire movie to be like, like oh, right. Like 15 minutes or so. Yeah, it's a good it's a good chunk of the movie where they just stop all the action and do a flashback. And it's of Ryan Gosling babysitting uh, Billy Bob Thornton's niece. Yep. And it's it's supposed to, I guess, set up a reason to care about him. Truly, but, for the first like half hour of this movie, I was writing like it's a good thing it's called The Gray Man because Gosling is boring as fuck the whole time that I don't know anything about him. Yeah. And it's like, wait a minute, we should have a character. <laughs> that has motivations and that mm -hmm. cares about things and that will get people to care about him. So let's go ahead and just stop everything. You know, stop stop the presses. Yeah. And right. <laughs> go into this yeah. very strange sequence of events. It it was not a great and it, and they didn't have a great rapport. They didn't have great chemistry. So it wasn't like she brought out some human you know, humane side of him like he, he one of my worst lines and we could just kind of pepper these in one of the best worst lines I thought was uh, you told me to kill people not care for them <laughs> it's like when this is what he says to Billy Bob Thornton when he's given this babysitting gig right. and it's like okay well good job because you didn't care for her you literally just stood around and made sure she didn't get kidnapped it murdered, is a large whatever. part of the plot that like not wanting children to die is kind of a common thing that yeah that is a regular standard of humanity <laughs> i thought that was pretty right. i didn't think that made him special as compared to most of the people in this movie um so he was he was about as exciting as unbuttered wheat toast to watch which is really upsetting because it's Ryan Gosling like yeah some of the reviews so i read that were like 
some of the reviews I read, they were like, he's immediately likable, but it's just because he's Ryan Gosling, not because he's given anything to work with. And it's like, well, I didn't even think he was all that likable as like in a Ryan Gosling sense. Like he was just he was very much it was it felt like the same kind of performance he gave in Drive Hmm. where I thought he must have been stopping by that set on his way home from doing a very strenuous other movie. And they were like, just prop him up while he falls asleep with his eyes open and we'll just act around him. Yeah. For a good <laughs> amount of this movie, I felt like if you had swapped Ana de Armas and Ryan Gosling for the main role, it would have been the same. Mm-hmm. Like they could yeah. have no, each I... just played each other's characters and nobody would uh-huh. have noticed. Yeah. There was nothing special about either of them. And and honestly, you could have swapped in anybody else for those roles and they would have done, I assume, the exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> because it was it was there was not a lot to work with as far as like character development. Now, on the flip side, the antagonist. <laughs> Mr. Chris Evans, uh, who I will say is probably responsible for most of our friendship, like the beginning of our friendship, which so we owe him that. Penis gate. <laughs> we owe him that. <laughs> that was the first time he te- you texted me. <laughs> One of the first times. I'm sure we had other friends. The Dickstagram. No, that was the first time you actually like reached out via text. It was oh, like, <laughs> okay. This is. This is we are we are moving into a new form of communication so that I can speak directly to you. It's you know, very it's trying the time. Kind of thing that you really need to be aware of as soon as possible, and the normal venues of communication just were not sufficient. They yes, you I, I and I appreciate it because I got the news as soon as you did, and you know here we are, here we are, two years later. Um, but. So Chris Evans plays the sociopathic Lloyd Hansen, and I guess it would be more fun to call him a sociopath if everybody else in the movie didn't also call him I know. a sociopath. <laughs> like, they put it on his business cards. They were like, ah, yes, the sociopath. <laughs> like, um, oh, yes, what did you my think friend of- Torture Man, Evil Pants. Yeah. <laughs> Evil white pants. Yes. First of all. Tight evil white pants with polos tucked into them. With horrendous pants, by the way. Yeah. Awful polos. And then that disgusting mustache and the worst like Euro trash haircut. Yes. Ever. Um, I did wonder though, you had talked about the Irish, the Irish male hair. Is that, was that similar to what he was rocking in this film? Oh man. Yeah. Not dissimilar. Just the styling of it was different where mm-hmm. the Irish man haircut just kind of flops down in the front. Ah, he yes, yes, yes. Back, so he, to be further disgusting. Yes. Yeah. Um, so Chris Evans well, Ryan Gosling was like taking a nap when he wasn't doing fight scenes. Uh, Chris Evans is just devouring the scenery and overacting yes. in the most ridiculous ways. Yes. I think he, I don't know what sequence they shot this in, but when they get mm-hmm. to the end and he is just gesticulating wildly, 
I'm like, okay. <laughs> it feels like you've been in this character too long and you're just losing your sense of reality a little bit. But I'm yeah. glad you're having yeah. a good time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm glad you're having fun, bud. But like you are just like, like I said, just eating the scenery, just gobbling everything up. And, and the way that the fangirls, especially on Tumblr, reacted to this particular character. It's like, friends, are we okay, fam? You guys, you guys, cool. You all right? You know, we don't have to write reader insert fan fiction about literally every character he plays, right? Because it's okay. <laughs> we could have skipped this one. This one is 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 fine. For the mustache alone. Um, <clears throat> like everything oh else. God. <laughs> And people are like, unpopular opinion. I think this is one of his best looks. I'm like, that is an unpopular opinion. Fucking keep that shit to yourself. Unpopular <laughs> and wrong. <laughs> and wrong. Yes, unpopular no, it can be bullshit thing. to state a preference. <laughs> yeah. Unpopular is one thing. Hot take is one thing. But just being blatantly incorrect is not... So wrong. Yeah. So very wrong. Um... We do need to talk about Billy Bob Thornton, though, also, I think. Um, he had one of who... my best worst lines. Oh, did he? What was it? Yes. When he's being threatened, and for whatever reason, they start talking about uh, Chris Evans asks him or says something shitty about cats, and Billy Bob Thornton immediately, uh -huh. first priority, I like cats. <laughs> That was good. <laughs> yes, you do. Um, I yeah, it was weird because they set him up as like the only you know one in in six's corner, and I get you know he has this niece that he has to take care of, and like I felt like there was no climax there whatsoever. Of like there was no tension of like is he going to give up six to protect his niece? Like right. he immediately folded. He immediately folded. That's what I noticed. <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton saying he likes cats in earnest is my favorite. Also, he folds very quickly. <laughs> like, like I said, a backbone of a chocolate eclair. Like he just like Lloyd was like, I have your your niece. And he's like, hey, you know, that guy I just sent you to rescue. You need to kill him now. And everybody on board's like, all right. <laughs> yeah. If you say so. Um, so, <laughs> and then later on, when he's being tortured again by Lloyd, he who also has the worst name to go with the worst look. Um, <laughs> he okay. So so Chris Evans rips out two of his fingernails, and he's like, "Yeah, you're not gonna, you're not, you're not getting anything out of me." He's like all tough. And he's like, "Nah," and they're like growling at each other, and it's like. This is too much. Um, but then <laughs> just kiss already. Um, but then uh, Chris Evans again is like, oh, let's bring your niece back in. And then the next scene is <laughs> the, the result of clearly, clearly Billy Bob Thornton was like, just kidding. Here's okay. all the information. Okay. I mean, I get it. We don't want to like fuck with a 14 year old girl with a heart condition. But at the same time, <sighs> I'm supposed to believe this man was like the head of the CIA. That he didn't do he better folds to that easily. her either. That like she was so easily accessible. Also true. Yeah, she was so easily accessible. She was so easy to find out like that they were yeah. related. 
like even though he's retired, like he, sh- they all should have been living under assumed names right. in different parts of the world than in like the one place they were the whole time. Anyway, and maybe not going to high profile funerals and memorials that were just there for production value. I'm like, do you yeah. just want to like splash around in your money, Russo brothers? Like, look how much <laughs> money we have to play with. Let's make this huge and ornate r- funeral for half a second's worth of a shot. <laughs> oh, I hate them. Hate them. So speaking I of also money hate to play their... with. Yeah. How much money do you think they got to play with for this? What do you think the budget was? We're playing guess the budget. So I am financially so stupid that I'm like... <laughs> It's a movie, Michael. What could it cost? $25 billion. <laughs> so I had to... I don't count it as cheating because I did not look up the movie budget, but I looked up the budget okay. of other movies that they've done. And I think mm-hmm. Captain America the Winter Soldier was $160 million. And I said, okay, that's okay. at the beginning of their kind of high-profile career. Looked at mm-hmm. Infinity War, which was significantly more. Um, yes. So for this one, I would guess 180 million. You are close. It was a a, a smooth 200 mil okay. that they got to play with from Netflix, which actually makes this the highest budget Netflix movie ever made. Oh wow! Wow. Now I don't want to depress us, but <laughs> let's think about how many other things we could have done with 200 million dollars. <laughs> Um, not the CGI that was in this, because that was. Yeah, they yeah. spent $16 on that. <laughs> the um, parachute fighting was when I first noticed it just being as bad as it is. So let's let's yeah, let's break down how many. I mean, I, I, I actually can't even count how many fight scenes there are, but like okay. let's start, talk about different terrains for fighting. So we first have the rooftop party scene fight. Yes. Fireworks. The fireworks okay. fight. Fireworks fight. Fireworks fight. Yep. All right. And then almost straight away after that, we have the plane fight. Mm-hmm. And then the air fight when they're on yes. the parachutes. Um, and then we get a little bit of a break, right? Or is there car? F- I can't remember their car fights. We get the after flashback. Oh, right. Because, yeah, he gets yeah. the flashback. Okay. So we get the flashback. So much time. And then the, the, the next thing I remember is the is the square fight. No, 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 no. I take it back. It's the underwater fight. <laughs> Where he swims under the thing yes. in in wherever he is and blows things up underwater. Yeah. Yes, he was in it. He he fell through a trap door. Props for having a trap door in any movie that's not like a Victorian murder murder mystery. But so yeah, so okay, so then so should have seen that a mile away when the guy is like, just step step forward a little bit, step like, forward a little bit more. I'm like. Again, oh really? Clearly, a lifetime of being a secret agent. Like. <laughs> a lifetime of being a secret agent who can blend into the shadows and turn into absolutely no one and like vanishes like a ghost. Oh gosh, I wonder where they got that idea. Um, but he can't figure out that he's being led into an awful trap, a very obvious trap door. <laughs> yes. 
Come on. The guy keeps talking. Uh, keeps talking. Like won't fire. take his picture. Yeah. yeah. Come on. <sighs> so, okay. So that's, so we have, we've earth, <laughs> earth, air, and water <laughs> so far. <laughs> and fire. So the fireworks fight. And no, fire. We, uh, we did. We hit all yeah. four elements before the middle of the movie. He's um, the avatar of, <laughs> of movie fighting. And then they go, they go to the, they go to Prague and they blow Prague up. Basically, yes. they just destroy everything about Prague. And that's when we get the train fight. That was an indestructible tram. I swear, like, watching that thing, <laughs> that stops for nothing and no one. No. And the thing is, like, I, I was like, I was also a, very impressed because I used to take public transportation in Portland, Oregon. And if it was too hot, the trains would not run. If it was too cold, the trains would not run. If the wind was blowing too hard, the trains could not run. So the fact that this train was just like plowing through like a freight train, but definitely a passenger tram. (laughs) Plowing through the city. Oh, yes, over through armored vehicles, through buildings. Like I was like, nobody's driving the train. It's not like yes. Ryan Gosling is driving the train so he can make it go all over these places. Like it's just oh it's that gives just me an idea for another track. one. Hold on, I have to add something else to our document. <laughs> okay, unstoppable, Chris Pine. Oh God, <laughs> that was- that, that belongs on there yeah it does uh, sorry chris Pine. <laughs> you're our favorite chris but it belongs on this list oh god so yeah so then we got the train fight and then um and then i i straight up fucking died at the end when he when chris evans went into the the garden maze i was like really we haven't had enough different terrains to shoot at people like There were so many gunshots for, I mean, so many just like piles of bodies that should have just yes. been like all of the, all of oh, the, yes. the, that was another the police thing that, in like, Prague were murdered. Everybody makes such a big deal. Like Jessica Hanwick spends so much time making a big deal about collateral damage. And mm-hmm. I think at one point, like Ryan Gosling's like, you should clear the square to make it clear that he Mm -hmm. cares about collateral damage that people should not die for the sake of others Uh and then immediately Uh they throw a rocket into a building yes and that is directly the result of his and hannah de armas's actions (laughs) right they shoot a fucking rocket into a building full of people (laughs) who had nothing to do with this oh god yeah so like they decimate the population of prague (laughs) Yes. Destroy the city. Um and and there's really nothing I I was watching it and all I kept thinking was like when when Ryan Gosling has to go hand to hand with people, especially mm-hmm. at the beginning, or like when you can tell like these people don't matter, they're like what I call like Gilligan's Island punches. Where like he hits everybody once and they're instantly unconscious. Or like he like karate chops them in the neck and they just like fall over and they don't get back up. I'm like I don't buy him as this human weapon who's like so yeah. strong and so, you know, put together Tactical. that he knows exactly, yes, knows exactly where to hit somebody so that they'll just be completely unconscious. I'm like, what does everybody have an amnesia when they wake up too? Like, what the fuck? 
fuck is this? Yeah, I've been watching. I started Cobra Kai because mm-hmm. I just felt it Why was not? time to start Cobra Kai. <laughs> and I genuinely do buy Daniel San, adult Ralph Macchio, as somebody oh. who could execute the pressure point punches better than Ryan Gosling. I believe that. I believe that too. Yeah, no, 100%. But nothing about the way Ryan Gosling was playing this character six led me to believe that he knew what he was doing when he was karate chopping people <laughs> in the neck. Yes. He does it like four times. Like he has no weapons. He's not stabbing people. He's like chop <laughs> dead. <laughs> Next one. Chop dead. This is stupid. Um, all right. So the other thing I thought we should address is the, uh, the raging sexual tension between yes six now, and lloyd please take this back because i think you had mentioned the way that you were confused about this movie was it your niece who was yes like, yes Emily, i was she said yeah i i would love to because it's my favorite memory <laughs> so she this sweet, sweet baby gay. She's just, just, I mean, she's just realized that she's bi. Um, she called me in the summer of 2019, maybe 2020. I don't remember when this was first announced. And she was so excited because she heard that Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling were going to be in a movie together where they were playing a couple, <laughs> they're playing a gay couple of. <laughs> of former spies who had to fight each other. And she thought that sounded so cool. And I was like, fucking yeah, it does. <laughs> what? And she's like, yeah, it's called the gray man. You should look it up. And I was like, I'm going to right now. So I kept her on the phone and I Googled the gray man, Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans. And I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm like, where, first of all, I was like, why is Tumblr not been like breathing like, fire so down my own it. throat about this? Like, yeah, what, what is going on here? And so, but I'm, you know, she's 13. I take her at her word. So I'm, I'm looking for what, you know, what this movie is about and I can't find anything. I said, sweetheart, where did you see the, anything about them being gay and like in love? <laughs> and she was like, it's in the description. I was like, well, okay. Which she's like from, you know, and she said, you know, entertainment weekly or whatever. And I was like, so I pulled this one up and I'm like, mm, cause it said, Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling in a mono a mono <laughs> spy thriller about two CIA agents on the opposite sides of an issue or the law or some bullshit. And she was like, yeah, man on man. <laughs> and I know she's not the first person to misunderstand no. that Latin, but she is my favorite person to misunderstand that Latin. <laughs> And I was like, okay, well, actually, it means hand to hand. <laughs> like, like combat? Not like, so it's like, like fighting. And she was like, what? I was like, yeah. She goes, so they're not gay and in love? I was like, no, apparently not. And she was like, well, I that mean, sucks. That'd be a way better movie. It's a and very like, Girl, missed you opportunity. You are so right. It is a huge missed opportunity. And so I watched this movie and then I was like, okay, but aren't they? <laughs> kind of. Truly. I mean, kind one of, of my notes specifically um, after the gosling is boring as fuck. Um, <laughs> my next note was Lloyd Hansen says bisexual rights because the part where he's like, I need you to get in touch with every man or woman he's ever slept with. Like, 
Okay. Yes, he did. He did say that. So he and he said it with like knowledge. Yeah, I'm just saying. They claim they don't know each other, but they seem to flirt quite a bit for people who don't know each other. And uh, my, What's, I have two what? lines. Yeah. After we do that, I want to know what your situation you think they have in the bedroom is because I have some. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's let's go there. (laughs) But I do have two lines for which there is no heterosexual explanation. Number one being Ryan Gosling asks what shoe size he wears. Yes. That's first. And then Lloyd's immediate response is, why, you want my foot in your ass? (laughs) Not should I break my foot off in your ass or anything like that? It was more of a, is this something you'd prefer? Cause we can do that. And then the other one is when he's sending in his death squads to kill him, he was like, don't be fooled by something. He said Kendall. like something by his guess is like his Ken doll appearance. And he says, hit this meatball, like a freight train. <laughs> I'm sorry. Straight men don't talk like that. Straight men don't say those words. They don't. He can't decide where Lloyd Hansen is from. <laughs> because he if, can't. Like, it's true. <clears throat> if you had asked me, that is a very Jersey, like, mm. aggressive man from Jersey repressing his own non-heterosexuality. I was going to say, but it's still a not super straight man from Jersey. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> it's, it's not a straight guy, no matter where he is. Um, yeah, hit this meatball like a freight train, I felt was a little, it's a little too gay for the uh, the the macho vibe There's that everybody phallic. was else was. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah, there what is. The, what the testicular version of phallic would be, but meatball <laughs> seems to fit that description. I was going to say, there's a lot of loaded words there, a lot of imagery that he chose very specifically. And I I hear you, Lloyd. I see you. You're valid. Um, but yeah, let's talk about it. So obviously, we think they fucked before. What do you think the situation was? The, see, I'm trying to figure out tops, bottoms, um, power oh, bottoms. You have to You think about it. I think that Lloyd Hansen is a power bottom, personally. I could definitely see him as a power bottom, but definitely a brat. Like yes. to the highest degree. <laughs> yes. I yeah, I don't I don't think Lloyd Hansen tops. I don't. <laughs> His kink it's is just... degrading other people. Yes. He has a humiliation <laughs> kink, but it's not for himself. <laughs> it's not for himself. It's an interesting dynamic in the bedroom. <laughs> but um look, I mean I'm just looking at those pants. I'm really just looking at those white pants and I think like, nope, that's not a top. <laughs> that's that's not a top. Um, yeah, no, I, I think, I think there was some lingering, uh, I think that, you know, maybe six got in, got off and got out and didn't call him the next day. And I think that's really what all of this, what all of this insanity really started. (laughs) Um, also I think if anybody had done a control F find the term your boy, in the script before they went to print, uh, they could have maybe chosen some other synonyms. Yes. Because <laughs> one of the crimes they committed was vast overuse of the term your boy. Yes. <laughs> they said it in every sentence. Every sentence that Lloyd Hansen uttered had the words your boy in it. it Do we detect hints of jealousy? Is that 
the uh, oh now i'm starting to see the dynamic a little bit is that like mm, see he might be perceiving this situation as like billy bob thornton is six's daddy a little oh. <laughs> yeah there's some there's some uh some there's some sugar daddy vibes that would yeah. explain some things why lloyd immediately went after him um and was so angry about it yeah i get it i see you I think I think you've got a point there. I think you're, I think you're making waves. Um, <laughs> this would have been such a better movie if they had just taken my direction. <laughs> I, was say, I really think we're turning it into a better movie with this uh, this in depth analysis here. Um, yeah, we could watch it again and be like, no, yeah, look, they're totally in love, and there's some serious jealousy shit going on. See, we um, could watch it again, but we won't. We, we're not going At least to. I won't. <laughs> I'm not. This was this was the second time I tried to watch this movie and the first time I finished it was because we were doing this episode. Um, yeah, because Jared and I watched it and we turned it off <laughs> 20 minutes in because he looked over at me and goes, I don't know about you, but I can't deal with how cool these people think they are. Yes. <laughs> we're all very hot. We understand. You are all definitely that was, so hot. Was that the direction? It was like Anthony Russo was like, Joe and Anthony Russo were like, so most importantly, fuck the story, fuck the smoke fights, fuck whatever. I just want you guys to know and pro like really project how hot you are. And they were like, oh yeah, we can do that. Is that not why they hired them? Is that not why they were cast? Was, the entire motivation was just every hot person we can put in a blowing up movie. I just kind of feel like it was the Russos wanting to make a Bond movie and yeah. they weren't given a Bond movie. So yeah. they were like, mm, we'll do this instead. We'll make the gay man. <laughs> I wish they had been brave enough to make the gay man. <laughs> Damn it. Um, all right. Oh, but, but let's talk about public perception. What did you look up? Um, the what were oh, the actual reviews or ratings did i so did you uh well i didn't look i think donnie said donnie's a my husband's a metacritic like he doesn't watch or play or engage with things for the most part unless he's looked at it and said oh this is a metacritic must see so i'm going to watch it oh okay <laughs> all right but i do have the rotten tomato score pulled up I specifically okay. memorized it for today. Um, and I have some of the <laughs> rotten reviews. Oh, I want to hear them. Um, but let me guess the, is it, am I guessing the critic or am I guessing the public? The uh, total? I just went with the general total. The general? Okay. That I, um, I might be wrong. All right. But that's fine. I mean, I this is the problem, though, is that uh, I feel like a lot of Chris Evans fangirls went on and were like, I liked it. So here's it gets 100% for me. So they might have skewed the score. Um, oh, yes. Okay. So the audience score is significantly higher than the tomato meter. Yes. So okay. let's have All right. well, then I'm... the tomato meter of critic consensus. Okay. All right. Uh, 52. You are very close. It is 46%. Okay. So not certified fresh. <laughs> would you like to guess the audience score of all of the fangirls? Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I would. I'm going to go with 87. 90%. Get the 
fuck out of here, guys. See, I know that that there are movies. I know and I acknowledge that there are movies that critics are just dicks to for no reason. And they're so much fun. Um, It was the Ebert quote about the mummy where he's like i can't really say anything good about this movie except i had so much fun watching it like yeah. i feel like that yes. is usually what a 46 90 split would indicate but uh-huh. this to me genuinely no. to internalize all my own misogyny is <laughs> this is the fangirls this is the this fangirls is, in action this, this is their the power <laughs> and coming hot off the heels of bridgerton too with reggae jean page <laughs> yes Yes, this is this is the power of of the internet fangirl. Um, they can give a garbage movie like this a ninety percent <laughs> critic rating or public rating. Oh man, okay, but so forty six was, it was forty six for the 46. critics. Yep. All right, tell me, read me a rotten review, please. I would love to hear one. Okay. Validate all our hate. <laughs> all right, uh, let's go with the full voice. In a world where entertainment can be reduced to an algorithm, Gray denotes dispassionate neutrality instead of very huge complexity, cold industrialization instead of creative sophistication, which pretty much sums up Netflix's new pseudo-blockbuster. <laughs> that is from... That was... Pralad Sriyahi, Sriyari from mm-hmm. News 9 Live India. I love it. Um, I did not. He's... I did not pull up one to do a dramatic reading of, but <laughs> somebody read my mind. I looked, and one of the critics was, "We couldn't have found a better way to spend two hundred million dollars Netflix." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was oof. Now I'm extra one. sad. At like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead from Forbes. This is Scott Mendelson. Mm-hmm. I think captures this pretty well. How is Netflix still so bad at this? <laughs> these are snippets. This is not obviously these people get paid to yes. write significantly more than right. this. But I'm not reading paragraphs for you guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. They are still so bad at this. We watched another one last night. We turned off halfway through because it was just such garbage. It was so bad. All right. So much of Netflix's what they focus, what they spend their time and money on. And it isn't Mm -hmm. necessarily a bad thing, but a lot of it is like the new YA, like teen rom-coms. And what was my favorite one? The half of it, which actually Mm -hmm. not a bad movie, shouldn't be lumped in with Fangirl Film Club. But (laughs) um, (laughs) the half of it is about this Asian lesbian who helps like the hot teen boy tell the girl that he likes that he likes her. And of course, Uh she is in love with the hot teen girl. And of course, of course yeah. he falls in love with the girl that's writing these, the lesbian that's writing these letters. Oh, and so it's, it's like a Cyrano kind of thing. It is. It is. Oh, like, I love that. It's so that sounds cute. very messy. <laughs> it's very messy, but it's really cute. <sighs> but as far as action movies go, 
no. Netflix just doesn't know what the fuck they're doing or just or the Russos gay. have <laughs> just listen to us guys just make it gayer yes that is my review not gay enough to quote Norm Macdonald <laughs> I saw that recently on Tumblr when somebody was like, yeah, and the actual review was of Interview with a Vampire, and it was just some guy saying, not gay enough. And the next person goes, how dare you? Just some guy? Fuck you, Norm fucking McDonald. And he was the greatest Weekend Update host who ever lived. Thank you. He was tragically taken from us. Oh man, yeah. So this was that was to to quote the the immortal Norm Macdonald. My review is very simply not gay enough. Um, but I do have two other. I have two other worst lines. Okay, we'll see. Um, ours match up because there is one that I. Uh, when they were delving, when they decided three quarters of the way into the movie to give six some daddy issues to also mm-hmm. make him. I don't know. Human, relevant, feel like sympathetic at whatever. Um, and they had the flashback of his dad holding his head underwater, who I think his dad was Steve Zahn. I could be wrong. No, Shea Wiggum. Ah, okay. Yeah. Sorry, so, Steve Zahn. Very good actor. <laughs> so, sorry, you leave Steve Zahn out of this. <laughs> you keep Steve Zahn's name out of your whore mouth. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we got to add him to this list. Right. Some movies because he's got I have some watched some shit for <laughs> but uh when the the mean dad was holding his head underwater and he said I will dead you dead you <laughs> that feels like a misread that they should have reshot there's a lot there's a lot of words that you could have subbed in I will I don't know kill you <laughs> end you yeah uh you're dead maybe um something along those lines but i will dead you stuck out as a (laughs) as a blooper that somehow slipped in under the radar and then my last one also from the fountain fight which i will say is another water fight (laughs) since water play since we are list so if you will um was uh was the lloyd hansen line Let's see if these moves fuck. Yep. The one fuck that they got in this movie I was waiting for the whole goddamn time. I know. (laughs) And it was that? See, the other one that I had was... And I think what the Russos are going for is they want to try to squeeze in catchphrases. They want to make Mm -hmm. things sound like catchphrases and it Because it's fucking superhero shit. This is what I'm talking work. about. It doesn't work in a regular movie. It doesn't work. Like they've never so seen what did... the Kingsman series, clearly, because that <laughs> that does everything that they were trying to do right. No, the last line that yes. I had was, um, again, of course, from Lloyd Hansen, make him dead. Of course. Ugh, so stupid. You guys must have felt really cool recording this and like, oh yeah, that's a badass line. That's a that's badass a good line. one. Yeah, great read, Chris. Make him dead. Like, shut the fuck up. I mean, <laughs> props to this the character of Suzanne because I would have shot him two days into that Truly. whole operation. Like, 
she had a gun the whole time. And she did. If she was and he was not paying attention to her a lot of the time, she easily yeah. could have murdered him so much sooner. See, the only thing about her is that I totally loved Jessica Henwick in this role. I think that she did a fantastic mm-hmm. job. But yeah. then toward the end, because they decide to throw in some like, let's, this isn't enough. We need to add some twists, right? That somebody mm-hmm. is protecting Reggae Jean Page. Yes. Somebody is protecting yes. going to Denny's. And it's like, okay, it has to be this high clearance individual. And in the end, they kind of imply that it's her. Yeah. And then her entire character just changes, like her behavior just mm-hmm. changes. Yeah. And it wasn't it was a it was a fuck you twist. It wasn't a twist of, oh, wow, now that I know this, all of her decisions and choices make sense. No, (laughs) her direction is just different for this particular section of the movie. Right. For the last 10 minutes. Um, And it was only done. It was literally just done because they clearly wanted to set up a gray man franchise. And they they did because it's coming back. Ryan Gosling is going to reprise this role. Find some other man to be desperately attracted to, I guess, and fight some in all of the Marvel, <laughs> Marvel beefcake meatball. <laughs> before, <laughs> what's Chris Hemsworth doing these days? I don't know. Um, before we uh, we talk about, we give out my fake Oscar. Um, I do want to also mention that they they turned it so much into a Captain America movie or an Avengers movie that the end credits were also Avengers tastic. Yes. Did you did you stay and watch them? Stay in no. your own living room. Did you? <laughs> no. Did you watch them in your living room? Yeah, I, I turned saw it off after. Silver, I was like, I'm finished. I'm. Done. Yep. Couldn't nope out fast enough. Um, no, but they had like a bronze statue of of uh ryan gosling that they like zoomed around it was like ryan gosling and then they went to the next one it was like another statue i'm like oh gosh i wonder where you guys got this from is this it every- is where we put our money <laughs> this is where the cgi got spent <laughs> i knew we forgot <sighs> to spend our money somewhere knew we for- yeah they just they spent that sixteen bucks on the on the air fight, and then they were like, "Well, we just have like all this extra money left over. What should we?" <gasps> Remember that <laughs> that slave ship of farming of of CGI farm that we could use for Endgame? Let's call them back again. Work yeah, them three hundred hours a week. <laughs> just swap out some faces. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> ah. So my rating is my grade for this one. I'm going to give it a C minus. What do you give, Professor Mia? I was feeling a D plus. All right. All right. That's fair. That's fair. I don't have very much to care about. It's like True. There are fun parts. There's a lot of nice stuff to look at. And when Uh I say nice stuff to look at, I'm talking, I'm talking people. I'm not talking CGI. Nope. There's not a lot to care about. Um, The other thing that I think you would appreciate, I'm looking at the end of my notes. Um, Gosling Uh looks like an Estevez in the flashback with the child. (laughs) He does! Oh my god! (laughs) And then the other thing was that... A Sheen Estevez? (laughs) Yes, a Sheen Estevez. (laughs) 
I really, I appreciate that you didn't talk very much about Claire in the recap because her direction mm-hmm. was very strange. I don't know what kind of person she's, I don't understand her personality at, at all. I like, if you asked me to describe this child using like personality based adjectives, like, oh, she's compassionate. Or she's nope. spunky. Maybe. Like, she's a child with a heart condition. That's that's she's... what I know about her. She listens to records. They... They... <laughs> they put this cardboard man in a house to protect an equally cardboard child. And they were like, see, now you care about this little cardboard found family. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> I don't. I'm sorry that her heart hurts her. But, like... Yeah. <laughs> Also, faulty equipment, because Billy Bob Thornton was like, a month ago, they put a pacemaker in, and since then, she's been in and out of the hospital. I'm like, bitch, the pacemaker is supposed to fix some what shit. What kind of money Tell are you paying for a pacemaker? One. Yeah. Tell them to put a different one in, because this one's fucked up. I know people um, who deserve that pacemaker, like, right. and they don't have the kind of money that Billy Bob Thornton has access to. Uh, so yeah, so she was supposed to be a pivotal part of the movie and she was equally cardboard. So I didn't get, I didn't care about her at all. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> this is not the child I feel bad. I did before everybody comes I, to cancel us for. <laughs> I didn't want her to get shot in the face with a flare. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. I was like, oh, don't do that, Lloyd. That's, That's shitty. not nice. <laughs> but I also felt like of course, Ryan Gosling was going to save her, but I also felt like there was no, like, will he, won't he there. Like, it was just, it was almost ridiculous because they'd set Lloyd up to be the kind of character who wouldn't bother luring her in somewhere. Like, he would yeah. have just There's shot no her. leverage. Just shoot. Yeah. Like, he would have just killed her on the spot. So I don't, like, there was, he had no more leverage. Any, like, there was no reason to, like, she wasn't, she didn't serve any other purpose by the time he pulled her into the labyrinth. Yeah. Which again, you expect me to believe that that's a straight man who built a labyrinth in his beautiful oh, good, Croatian God. estate. Had <laughs> like, a fucking hedge maze made just for funsies. Come on, that is a power bottom move right there. <laughs> the fucking power bottom move. Um, all right, well. I did have an Oscar to to give out, um, actually two, okay. um, in the category of best use of women in pantsuits. And the Oscar, the goes, Oscar to- goes to <laughs> the gray man. <laughs> and in the lesser known early on in the night category of managing to film a fight on every major mode of transportation, <laughs> the Oscar also goes to the gray man. See, that's one of the uh, ones that they cut out from the screening process. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, we with all the technical awards stage. at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, don't, they don't make the A-listers sit through these ones, okay? But they're just as important. <laughs> oh, man. They, yeah. They, they hand those ones out at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, we were talking about leaving leaving people with recommendations if they want to see a good version of whatever this was. Do you have any? <laughs> I would say if you want something that does try to actually take the spy genre and twist it and have fun with it, the Kingsman series is one of my favorite 
I know you guys were talking good. on the main pod about trilogies, and I think it is a really solid mm-hmm. trilogy. We did so. not talk about that one, but it is a solid trilogy. I agree. Yeah. Um, and my recommendation is if you want to see uh, an actual like spy thriller with stakes where shit could go down and you're genuinely concerned and worried about the main character, uh, the last Daniel Craig Bond movie, mm. No Time to Die, yes. I believe, uh, yeah. is one of it's one of my favorite Bond movies ever and I think it's one of the best Bond movies ever made um, but as far as like spy thriller goes it's perfection so if you want to watch some great fights and some high stakes and some non catchphrasy you know <laughs> moments of of dialogue go for that but the gray man in our professional opinion is not it D plus C minus at best at best. <laughs> really grading on a curve here. Depends on <laughs> depends on the mood. Getting a C minus or a D plus. But that was our first Mia, we just survived our first episode. Yay! Alive thus far. Thus far. I'm proud of us. Um, we don't have a catchy sign off yet, so <laughs> we're just gonna get out of here and uh, try and come up with something for next time. But um, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, remember that catchphrases suck. <laughs> if that becomes well, we our come up with our own. I'm so excited, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, fuck catchphrases. Um, yeah. All right. Take care, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye.